Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Eckernerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I, uh, you can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. We're being produced today by Sarah. Hi. Make sure you thumbs up the video. Make sure you subscribe to our CHGO Sports YouTube channel. We're getting closer and closer to 50,000 subscribers. We got a Bulls pre and post game tonight as they are taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. So make sure you tune into uh, Matt Peck, Big Dave, and Will Gottlieb show later on tonight. And also head over to allchgo.com. You can become a diehard there. Vinny's got a White Sox weekly that he's starting for diehards. He's also got a brand new piece about Garrett Crochet. Joining us now, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. Oh, unplug my laptop is what Sarah is mimicking to me under uh, behind. Uh, it's Vinny Duber. Hello. Hello. You're at Camelback Ranch. How is it? Uh, how's the Wi-Fi there? First off, I mean, are you going to be with so us far, the entire so, show? Well, so far, so good. But how dare you even bring it up? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, you know, I, I don't know how, you know, the, the state of our show. I just want to make sure. Uh, anyways, uh, what was the main uh, topic today? Obviously, we have video from uh, Dylan Cease and Pedro Grafal. Was that center stage or was it more, you know, hey, look at all the 68 players that are here? Yeah, I mean, pitchers and catchers report today. So, I mean, if, uh, you know, if you were one of those folks who circled this day on your calendar, this is the day uh, that you were waiting for. This is the official start of spring training, I guess you can say, for the White Sox, even though all these guys have been here for a while now. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dylan Cease talked today, and I think uh, uh, it was obviously important to hear from him after the offseason that he just went through and that White Sox fans went through I don't want to say because of him, but in regards to him, we'll say. Uh, and and basically, you know, Sean, you were tearing your hair out uh, basically every week because you're like, when is this trade going to happen? And uh, or what, what hair you have, I suppose, to take a shot. But, Very kind. Uh, you know. Yeah, but uh, uh, and a, a trade obviously never did happen. So to hear from Dylan today about how that uh, um, was for him. Maybe a little anticlimactic for the reasons that Chris Getz and Pedro Grafal had talked about all offseason long, that this is a guy who's pretty well equipped to deal with this kind of thing just from what his personality is. But it was necessary to hear that because here's a guy that for months we kind of all thought, and even he admitted to thinking at one point during this winter that he wasn't going to be here today or that he wasn't going to be here with the White Sox today, I should say. Listen, he could have been in 
Florida with the Orioles or Florida with the Braves. He could have been across across the way over here with the Dodgers. Uh, you know, that was that was brought up at one point. Maybe he would have been in Goodyear with the Reds. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, instead he's here. He's still a White Sox. And uh, he, he had to talk about that today, and he did. And I thought uh, he handled it well, uh, uh, as we're about to show. And Vinny, I wanted to see uh, pitchers and catchers, of course, reporting today. And yesterday, Pedro said there was one catcher missing. Did everybody get to make it to camp today on time? As far as I know, everybody who's supposed to be here is here. And certainly a lot of folks who... uh aren't mandated to be here yet are here as well. Uh, really the only people that uh, we didn't see today, Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert Jr. Um, you know, there were some folks that we didn't see, but we saw signs of, so I don't want to necessarily throw any other names out there and accuse them of not being here. If they were here, uh, th- those were the two that Pedro Grafol mentioned when asked who, who wasn't here yet. Um, but again, those guys don't have to be here till next week. And uh, I even brought up uh, yesterday, I think when you asked me, Herb, that sometimes folks who, who come from different parts of the world, uh, which uh, Aloy Hamedes certainly falls into that category, um, you know, that uh, they're, they're sometimes not the quickest to arrive. Um, but uh, yeah, no no problems here. And, and Pedro Grafol says that they could basically start a full squad workout right now. That's how many folks uh, are already in attendance. Remember when Sammy used to use that as an excuse? Oh, visa problems. Oh, can't get in there at February 21st. And then that's consumption stroller in like March 1st. Like, hey, what's up, folks? Love, love to do things. It's like, Sammy, you live in Miami. Visa problems. Well, what do you, yeah, I mean, what do you do, though? You just show up and then hit 60 homers? And yeah. Then like, well, yeah, it was issue. just like, it was like a veteran thing. Like, you know, people don't want to practice baseball. They want to play baseball. Dallas Keuchel did the same thing, and I think that went the same way. I think he hit 60 homers that year, the equivalent. <laughs> people hit 60 off of him. Um, I guess, as the people in the chat are pointing out as well, like Connor Smith, uh, it is Jose Valentin Day as well. So, uh, to all of our amours out there uh, in the chat, we, we love you very much. Uh, happy Valentine Day. Uh, and uh, grow out the mustache, which I guess, before we get in, uh, Cease is not doing. Well, I mean, it's there certainly. The hair is all there where it's supposed you know, to be for the mustache. But than you. he's got a he's got a full he's got a full beard going. He, uh, as I tweeted, he left me all alone on Mustache Island. So uh, we are Mustache Bros no longer, I guess. Yeah, Mustache Island, what a trip. Uh, I think that's where Aloy Jimenez is flying in from. All right, uh, let's uh, play some Dylan Cease, and then after Dylan Cease, we'll take a break, and then we'll hear from our leader, El Capitan, uh, Pedro Garifol, uh, and then we'll chat a little bit about the jerseys. Maybe we'll do that when uh, Dylan Cease ends, uh, and we'll also talk about old friend Liam Hendricks as he is nearing a new team. So let's uh, quit hemming and hawing. Uh, as Vinny said, Dylan Cease talked a lot about the rumors this offseason. So he'll, here's Dylan Cease addressing the nastiness and rumors around his name uh, this offseason. Uh, I mean, I just pretty much tried to follow it and see what was happening. But for the most part, I just focused on getting ready because uh, at the end of the day, I just want to perform. What were your conversations like with Chris? He said that he was in pretty constant contact with you. Yeah, he just let me know that if anything was imminent, that I would you know, basically get a heads up. So uh, I think with those things, it's just uh, I think it can be you know a last minute thing sometimes. So. I feel like it's pretty hard to give too much of a notice, you know, but uh, yeah, he, he just told me he would let me know. Is there any level of anxiety on edge or just kind of like waiting to see what happens because we're, we're in camp now? Yeah, uh, like currently or back in the offseason? Currently, currently uh, no, not really. Uh, like I said, I just want to perform. Is it at least kind of a, is it kind of like one of them double-edged things like you don't want the upheaval, but also it, hearing your name there shows that people want you and that, that they think highly of you as a player? Yeah, it's uh, a part of it's exciting, you know. I mean, uh, I guess anything that's new and 
yeah, novel like that. Uh, it can be exciting, but uh, I have a lot of good relationships with uh, teammates and, and uh, coaches and all that here. So I uh, I pretty much was just trying to prepare like it was a normal off season and you know, wherever I went, um, I was gonna be ready. We asked this of guys around the trade deadline. What was your what was your family's and friends' experience? Did you hear a lot of you hear a lot of articles sent to you and oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of text saying, "Is this happening?" Or yeah, well, yeah, a lot of that. Uh, a lot of texts that kind of you know, "Hey, I saw this report," and you're like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, I saw it too." <laughs> <laughs> how, do you balance, how do you balance the you know the thought of possibly going to a contender, pitching for a winner, against staying here? You know these guys. Uh, it's kind of a rebuild situation. How do you toss those things around in your mind? Uh, I mean, either way, I'm going to give the same effort, so that's all that really matters. Um, like I said, I just want to perform, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much just that simple. Doesn't the idea of pitching for a team that has a chance to play in the postseason, though, it's, it's got to be intriguing, though, right? Yeah, and, uh, but, I mean, I think we're not here with uh, the mindset that we're going to lose, you know, so um, we're, we're excited here. It's, uh, we're good to be back, and, yeah, either way, uh, either way is going to be a positive and a win-win, so. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. What is that mindset like? You said it's not to lose. What is the yeah. mindset? What do you sense from the group here? Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, obviously we, we're, you know, still kind of getting to know each other, a lot of new faces, but uh, I think the biggest thing is just putting in the effort and putting in the work and, uh, you know, there, there's no reason to start the season with any self-doubt, you know. It's, uh, baseball isn't one of those games that anything can happen, so uh, I think we're all, you know, preparing to to do the best that we can and uh, see what happens. What do you make of kind of the state of the team after all the new faces come in and Chris does everything to the roster and, mm -hmm. and even maybe incorporating some of the stuff that you personally went through this offseason? Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's still early, so I haven't seen a lot of, you know, a lot of everybody in action, but uh, the spirits are high. There's a lot of excitement, um, a lot of good attitudes, so... That, that makes a big difference, um, and you know, for for on the field stuff, it's uh, you know, I haven't like I said, I haven't really seen a lot of the new guys and, and all that, so I think that'll be uh, kind of more of a, more of something to tell as as we get into games and kind of get rolling. So you had someone... the Cy Young runner-up finish mm -hmm. in 22, obviously a little step back from the numbers last year. What did you kind of hone in on it and try to work on this offseason to get back to where you were a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing for me is just getting my body and, and arm ready. Um, you know, it's. Uh, in, in your, your preparation in the off season is obviously very important, um, but I think you know, kind of now is when you really start dialing in the uh, you know the pitching side of it. Not that you're not in the off season, but it's you know it's a little bit more of getting in shape and kind of putting the body through a little higher intense throwing. When when you take when you take some time off, that can that can take a minute to get used to again. So um, you know, for me, it's just get make sure my body's physically ready uh, make sure I'm in a, in a good mindset and uh, just just get here and focus is it all jarring to work, walk in the clubhouse and just see how different the roster is and all these new faces I mean that's a major roster turnover yeah it's interesting um, you know it's uh, I'm, I'm used to coming here and there's a lot of uh, you know older vet guys and, and stuff like that and uh, it's definitely definitely different this year um, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely different. Are you that guy now that you just talked about? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time for that. Uh, I, I do feel like I'm probably one of the more uh, tenured players, I guess. I'd have to look at it. But, uh, yeah, definitely it happened really quick. Um, it happened a lot quicker than, than I think a lot of us were expecting. Chris uh, put such an emphasis on trying to improve the defense this mm -hmm. offseason. As a pitcher, what does it mean to have guys uh, behind you who, who have a strong defensive reputation and, yeah. and can maybe make the plays that, that weren't being made with as much consistency in the recent years? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's huge. You know, if you're if you're trying to play fundamental baseball and um, you know win close games, obviously uh, you know the, the defense is is super important. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's smart to try to improve your defense. And uh, you know, we've I think we have a lot of guys now that, like you said, have really good defensive reputations. So uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be a a lot a lot cleaner baseball. What was, uh, you mentioned mindset a little earlier, but what was your sort of mindset throughout the offseason with just sort of like, just kind of focus on what you can't control, uh, what you're surprised that something happened or didn't happen, or just, just what was your mindset? Yeah, biggest thing was just focusing on getting my body ready. Um, you know, it's, uh, I kind of just follow the reports and I guess I assume that they were, you know, they were accurate, but <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, I tried just treat it like I would any any other offseason um, and you know there, there was definitely a lot of noise but uh, at the end of the day like I said I, I just want to perform so the, the more I can focus on what I got to do that's really like all that matters. With all those reports it, it almost mm -hmm. felt like a foregone conclusion like Sox yeah. fans are going to say goodbye to you. Do you feel surprised that you are here on day one? I don't know if surprise is the right word. Um, I really I, I really wasn't looking at it with uh, I guess a whole lot of expectation. Um, it you know for a while I, it did look like it was going to happen I kind of just assumed it but when it didn't you know I was like all right let's go. Do you expect to have to kind of continue to deal with that as the season goes along? Uh, maybe I mean it's not really not really anything I'm focused on. Um, I just want to perform you know. That's one thing that both Chris and Pedro talked about was just sort of like the, you know do you have that mindset to be able to block out all that noise? Uh, just how are you able to do that? Uh. I don't know. I mean, just you can only focus on so much, I guess. And the more you can focus on what really matters, I think that's what's important. Um, either way, I'm, I'm grateful to be a Major League Baseball player. So whether I'm here or somewhere else, uh, I'm going to try to make the most of the opportunity. And, uh, you know, that's all that really matters. Did Chris give you any kind of heads up at the end of last season that, you know, that they may be doing some things different that you could be part of that? Uh, no, I think that was... A little, a little more into the off season that that started to, to surface, and then both him and Ethan and Brian, all you guys. Well, you were saying touch the pitching guys anyway, yeah, right? But yeah. I mean, but they, Chris, how many times do you think he talked to you about trade stuff in particular? Uh, we talked a couple times, uh, especially later in the off season. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was it was kind of a regular off season, other than you know hearing all the rumors. You said you want to perform. Mm -hmm. Does that mean? Does that does it matter what team? You're performing for over the next two years. Do you want to stick with this team, or do you just want to be able to do your stuff where, wherever that might be? Yeah, uh, a lot of that's out of my control. Um, you know, it's at the end of the day, wherever I have to go, I I, I do just want to perform. It would be great to be here. Um, like I said, I have a lot of great relationships here. Uh, the city of Chicago is awesome, so it's a lot of benefits. Um, I kind of just look at it as like a a win-win, really. Um, like I said, I just want to be out there and perform. There haven't been any discussions at all about an extension for you, right? No, yeah. there haven't been any. How do you feel physically? I mean, you've always, it's never been an issue for mm -hmm. you. How is your off-season growing, and how do you feel today? Yeah, I, I feel great. This was the first off-season in, uh, in a while where I wasn't getting some tricep soreness and some little, little aches. So uh, I got to do a full ramp up, uh, kind of hit all my numbers that I want to hit. So I feel like I'm in a really good spot. So you said you really love the city of Chicago. If you mm -hmm. were to get traded, what would you miss most about the city? I just think it's a, a super clean big city, you know? Um, it just some big cities, you kind of feel like uh, everything's on top of each other, where Chicago's just spread out in summer. It's it's perfect, and um, 
yeah, food's great, uh, museums, all kinds of stuff to do. Art museum's awesome. So, uh, yeah, Chicago's a great city. What has it been like uh, working with Brian Bannister? Uh, we saw him working pretty closely and, and in depth with some mm -hmm. guys just during a bullpen session. I haven't gotten to do a whole lot with him yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know he's kind of infamous for some pitch grip stuff and, and different things like that. So I'm excited to, to pick his brain and kind of see what he's what he's got from me and what he thinks. Um, yeah, any, anytime you can bring on someone with with a reputation like that, it's definitely great. What has the message been either from him over the offseason or from Ethan over the offseason? What has kind of the message from the team been from what they're looking for from you? Uh, message. Um, you know, I think very similar to last year, but hopefully a little a little better, you know, make all your starts. Um, execute pitches, kind of the same old, same old, you know. Um, definitely don't overthink it. Don't, you know, it can be very tempting in this game if if you don't get the results to try a million different things where sometimes it's just you gotta follow follow the process, you know. This could be the uh, earliest we've ever asked this, but mm -hmm. how does it feel to get another opening day start? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I, I still feel like it's something I have to earn and, you know, it's, I'm not really even thinking that far ahead yet, but uh, it's definitely, it's definitely funny to be, uh, you know, mentioned that early. Estrini said he bumped into you in the offseason. Mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to watch him at all or take, have an impression of him? Yeah, I got to see a little bit of tail end of his bullpen. I didn't get to see a whole lot. Uh, big body, definitely definitely has good stuff. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but I look forward to watching him this spring. What did you think of the, the new uniforms? Some players have been noticing that they look different this year. Yeah, they're, uh, it seems like they got the uh, breathable mesh or whatever. Um, is it design? I don't know. I haven't even really noticed that much of a difference. Um, yeah. they, they feel different at all? I haven't worn it yet. <laughs> Ask me in a week. <laughs> all right, there's White Sox. Note the team. White Sox ace Dylan Cease, an opening day starter uh, for your 2024 season. I doubt he's going to get traded. I mean, again, temperature, if, if we had a, you know, zero to 100, 100 being he's traded tomorrow, maybe even during this episode, zero, he'll make that opening day start. Where are we at on that on that thermometer if, if, if we're using the Celsius scale? Oh, Vinny's muted. Hold on. Hold on, Vinny. You're now. All right. Go ahead. Certainly closer to zero, I would say, uh, you know, but I think uh, the, the one thing that you can look at is the, the state of the offseason in general and the fact that there's still, it would seem, business to be done and that there uh, are a lot of kind of premier free agents still waiting for a job, um, you know, so maybe with that being the case, teams have not yet finished their work. Things can still change um, in terms of where they might want to pivot, you know, because things are still unsettled. Um, but yeah, it would seem that from everything we've heard from the national reporters who report on these kind of things, uh, that uh, uh, the trade deadline would be a more realistic time for him to be traded than than any other prior to that but um but also you know keep in mind injuries you know there's i i think we already saw that justin verlander is is you know uh behind schedule you know it's literally day one of spring training and we're already starting to hear some of the stuff about uh, uh injuries that could throw uh teams pitching plans in, in into uh, a little bit more chaos than they were expecting maybe yesterday yeah, and I saw the the Rangers are likely done with acquisition, so you know that at least cancels out one team that might be adding a starter. Herb, if it, we if it is it at zero, I think it's like at two, because there's never a. I mean, you couldn't get me a round number. I like mean, a five. We, you give me two. Two's a round number. It's a whole ass number. Um, but when's the last time you heard of a spring training trade? 
Like, it's very settled usually when you're here. There's signings, of course, but very seldom do you have a spring training trade uh, go down, especially of this type of magnitude, which it would be bringing back the players that Dylan Cease, uh, his talents, would offer uh, coming back for the White Sox. So I would say two because there's, you know, as Pedro said in the clip that Vinny sent to us, and we'll hear from Pedro a little later, the 0.0% a chance of making the playoffs seems a little extreme and I think the 0.0 chance of him getting traded seems a little weird because that would be mean it's impossible to happen which it's not impossible to happen just very unlikely this is uh from 2014 so obviously things have changed uh but uh and this is from fan graphs uh, jason hamill in the 2009 off season or uh, spring training uh, with 3.7 war was traded niger morgan uh with 3.6 war was traded in 2011 uh, aj burnett in the 2012 spring training with three war was traded from uh, the yankees to pittsburgh in the 2012 offseason jason hamill again got we he's traded everywhere uh from colorado to baltimore with 2.7 six more uh, oh, and michael sucks. michael wirtz uh who i think was a cub to oakland trade uh, oh, cubs legend okay cody saying cubs legend 2009 sucks. spring training what do you say baltimore or from uh, where to baltimore so he went uh 2009 jason hamill tampa to colorado and oh. then in 2012 colorado to baltimore both times he had to go from arizona to florida or florida to arizona Oh, spring training. spring training. Yeah, I mean, it gave him three years. So, I mean, it's got settled for a little bit. I mean, that's not, that's not crazy. Um, anyways, uh, but Ken Lee Jansen, even with uh, Boston right now, still there's trade rumors that they might deal him. So, it's kind of a unique offseason where maybe we'd see a trade. So, I get why you put it at maybe two, two. rather than five. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll talk about the jerseys that Dylan Cease haven't worn yet. We'll talk about Brian Bannister. Really hasn't worked with Brian Bannister yet, but you saw him work with Michael Kopech. We'll see what your impression of Brian Bannister is. We'll also hear from Pedro Grafol on his impression of Brian Bannister, the new senior advisor to pitching. Correct. Okay, cool. All right, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll let you know about our friends over at CD1 Price Cleaners. Our friends over at CD1 Price Cleaners, which makes them unique, is the ease that they offer you and the price. Low prices. Customers save over 30% on their dry cleaning bills by switching to CD1 Price Cleaners because it's it's one price. Uh, it's Again, it's in the name. It's simple and it's a transparent service. Other cleaners charge a different price for every garment type. Plus, they have upcharges and you may pay a different price each time you visit. At CD1 Price Cleaners, we charge one low price for any garment, even sports jerseys. The same one uh, low price. Uh, again, CD1 Price Cleaners, they'll offer you one low price to wash your garments. And they have a fast turnaround. Uh, they have your order ready the same day or the next day. Other cleaners take two to four days and have your uh, to have your clean garments ready. Uh, and they have text alerts. They'll send you a text when your order is ready for pickup. They also offer dry cleaning, wash and fold laundry, uh, blanket comforters if you need those washed. Uh, they'll offer tailor and alterations to your clothing. Uh, they have also cleaning for leather and area rugs. So visit chgo.cd1one.com. And the link is also in the description. Once you're there, you can pick from an in-store coupon or online pickup and delivery coupon options. Again, visit chgo.cdone. I don't know how to spell that letter, number. I really just want to put the the actual numeral. Uh, it's but it's it's one.com, and the link is in the description. If you don't understand what I'm saying, uh, go check them out, and they're offering you coupons uh, already from their uh, low price. That one price, Herb. Yes, that is good. Are we ready? 
Yeah, we're not singing. I mean, you could just start telling me about ComEd's low, 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 low energy. In their I'm just making sure business. you're ready. It's getting easier for, and roll, baby. for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and the well-being of all of us who share it. Because the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move co- with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Plus, Vinny is going to be checking out the Electric Tomorrow Music Festival while he is down in Arizona. We're very excited to get that report. Uh, but whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should business owners do? Well, Herb, they should go to ComEd.com clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebate, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Uh, if you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles Go f- uh, it, because it's good for businesses, it's good for the planet, and it's good for all of us who share that lovely, lovely planet. So go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? You bet I said comed.com slash clean. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business in a better future for generations to come. Uh, The generations of the MLB jersey, I think, are going down the toilet. That's my uh, opinion. Uh, I don't know if I can even say it's a professional opinion because I don't know uh, how to label myself. Uh, but uh, if we can see the graphic that I made, uh, Dylan Cease has not worn the jacket, uh, the not the jackets, but the uh, jerseys yet. Uh, Michael Kopech has. And as you can see uh, from the 2023 video that the White Sox put out on their uh, Twitter, you could see the old jerseys where that MLB logo is up a little bit higher. And those numbers are a little bit bigger and they're stitched. And those numbers numbers are a little bit more detailed. They have a, a little bit more outlining where mm-hmm. the jersey on the right uh, is a little bit uh, reminiscent of my uh, kid's A-Rod All-Star jersey from 2006 that I got for Easter. Um, you know, that's it's it's a very good. Uh, what was that visual you gave? Call back. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, thank you yeah. very much. Um, it's it doesn't have that same pizzazz. Uh, I, I, you know, Dylan said ask him in a week. So we obviously can't go off Dylan's opinion, uh, but they just look weird and ugly i think but ugly as i said yesterday i don't know what what your guys' thoughts are Uh, we don't have to spend too long on this we can go back into the more important things that dylan talked about but uh, at least that was the last thing that he said that he doesn't have an opinion yet but man they look ugly go ahead vinny uh yeah I, i mean yeah i don't really care to be honest with you but i will say that they look different and they look weird compared to what we are used to seeing from major league baseball uniforms um i think uh i, I can i've seen them close up i can tell you what the difference is the they're not patches right i mean that's basically what it comes down to is that the uh the letters and numbers on the back of the jersey and i believe the logo on the front is is the same uh those were patches they were giant big patches and if you've ever owned an authentic MLB jersey, you know, it doesn't feel like a regular shirt. Uh, This is... I guess, kind of rubbery, graphic-y stuff. And then there is sewing around it. There's still stitching um, around the number. Uh, Obviously, you're judging it from a design standpoint. I I think the two cents that I would offer is from a uh, performance standpoint, it is probably vastly preferred in that you're not carrying a giant patch on your jersey. That being said, baseball, not just fans, as you're exhibiting, but players are creatures of habit. And to see something like that change is probably, um, you know, not something that they're super excited about. Uh, I will say they're probably lighter. They are probably more breathable, to use the word that Dylan used when he was asked about it. Uh, but, yeah, they look 
vastly different, perhaps in your opinion, or I would probably agree with you. They look less professional to our eye, having been trained uh, as to what they're quote unquote supposed to look like. Um, but I would say this, that uh, it's probably one of those things that in a few years, this will just be what baseball jerseys look like and have looked like, and people probably won't care too much. I always thought it was kind of strange that baseball jerseys are more of like a fancy shirt instead of like a t-shirt that you would play a sport in and so this is perhaps a move away in in that direction um but uh certainly i know that uh, uh the internet is mad as it usually is about everything so yeah i think it's like when you're a kid and this is half the reason why i really didn't like snapbacks because that's what they give you standard issue snapbacks for your major league or for your little league teams and you get the throw over uh, t-shirts and so you're like ugh the baseball players who i look up to are wearing those nice uniforms with the button up jerseys and the fitted hats i want to look like the pros and so it's like, ugh, you know, like it looks like you went to Marshalls and got that jersey. It looks like you went to uh, DH Gate or any of the uh, Chinese sites that you get and it looks off. That's kind of the, the vibe they're giving. And if it's cooler and smoother for the players, I'm all for it because I think, as I brought up last year, the black, you know, in the sun could be a little taxing for the White Sox and other teams who wear black because of black, uh, you know, attracting the sun and uh, retaining heat. So I just think if it's better for them and they feel better in those jerseys, more power to them. But I wouldn't like it to look so cheap and so ugh, flimsy. Well, right. Miles Michael has said that it doesn't feel professional, right? And I mean, I was watching MLB Network and those jerseys have never changed, right? From 2023 to what Greg Maddox was wearing. That was the same design. It was the same bulkiness, right? It was that still that same heft and that stitching. But like... Now college teams have more professional-looking jerseys than this. And I know, again, we don't have to spend too long on this. I, I, I know that this isn't the most important thing. But we also didn't hear a ton of players complaining about this. And I feel like there had to be something special where you actually had, like, a true jersey. This is signed by Chris Chelios. Maybe I should be a little bit more careful That's with it. a sweater. Oh, sorry. They'll, they'll get sweater. on you. Um, you'll get, get you know, whatever. Those some bitches will get on you. Um, call it a but, like, you know, it's stitched, right? It's It's... A heft. There's like a realness to it. Like, oh, hey, we are professionals. Maybe it, it isn't the comfiest or most aerodynamic, like Nolan Arenado said. But mm -hmm. I don't know. But it kind of it kind of makes the man in a way. I don't know. It's it's more of a an elevated look, right? Like you are supposed to look different because you play different. You're a, a different level of athlete. This isn't bush leagues, right? I mean, uh, softball teams like Nikki Lopez's dad's team has better jerseys than this. Probably. They do. And it just looks like the uh, the lettering and the spacing on the lettering is a little lower wide out. And as Luke points out that, you know, imagine Maldonado's name on that jersey. I think about William Van Landingham or Jared Salton Lamakia, the long names back in the day, just like started on the butt and then go up to the back and then come back down to the butt type of a jersey. Well, even, With these, they're like fucking huge spaces between the lettering. Even the small names too. Like Lance Lynn's looks so weird because the, the, they're so tiny. Uh, you know, Giovanni Soto, White Sox legend. Uh, his his last name would look so weird. Just, um, just a whisper. It's like Soto. Yeah. 48. Yeah, no, I, don't know. I don't know. It, it just looks odd. Um, anyways, let's go back to Dylan. Uh, I liked your question about, you know, it doesn't matter in a way what team you're pitching for, right? I mean, obviously his goals are his goals and he's trying to be the best pitcher possible. Um it would have been great, though. He'd been like, oh, yeah, you know, I really liked him. My, my name was thrown out there with the Yankees. Uh, but it seems like he wants a cleaner city. 
<laughs> uh, listen, I think, uh, like I said earlier, and, and, and like was posed to Dylan, Chris Getz, Pedro Grafol, they've been talking all offseason about this, and they're saying, man, it couldn't have really happened. This couldn't, this situation couldn't have happened to a more a well-equipped guy. And I think this guy's personality allows him to basically say, whatever happens, happens, and mean it. You know what I mean? I mean, he has been traded before. He's not, you know, naive to the idea that, oh, I'm going to be with the same team for my entire career. And I think most players probably aren't naive to that, particularly in this day and age. They, they realize kind of how this sport works and how pro sports in general works. And to be able to be at peace with that and say, I'm just going to go about my business and, you know, you kind of point me where the mound is and I'll go out there and throw. Um, I mean, that's good for the guy and that's good for, good for his head, um, you know, to, to not necessarily have to worry about that. Uh, not because of the situation, but because of the person that you are. Um, now, what does it mean for the White Sox? I mean, listen, they're probably, you would think, still be open to trading him should they get the uh, the, the right price uh, or the right return package. Um, you know, we asked Dylan if there'd been any extension talks. He said there hadn't been. Uh, you know, he, he seems like he would like to play for this team and, and in the city of Chicago, but also, he's basically saying, all right, wherever I need to go to do what I do, which is pitch and pitch really, really well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. I think that Dylan is the perfect person for this, you know, kind of these trade rumors, because not only the demeanor that he has, but he's already been trading in his professional career before with the Cubs as the minor leaguer to the White Sox. And so it's not old hat because it never probably gets new or old to a player going from one place that he has pretty much grown up in with the White Sox to go to another atmosphere. But he seems like, you know, I'm a mercenary. You know, these people sign my checks. I don't necessarily have a allegiance to these people. And he said he doesn't have any control over where he's pitching. So he says, you know, it's my job to get prepared for wherever I'm going to be pitching. And, you know, Read, you know, some people would lie to you and say, yeah, I didn't read the, all the rumors. I didn't get, get that stuff. He just said, no, I, I was reading that stuff. People send it to me. It's like, yeah, I already know. I got you. So I think he's very apart and he doesn't really care, you know, about that extra stuff. I think he finds it humorous and he's just going to go out and uh, throw some strikes this year. He's a Zen, whatever team he's on. He's a Zen dude writing poetry. Like, I think you're absolutely right that he is the right guy for this. And again... He has made the most starts in Major League Baseball since 2021. He has given you a sample size of 64 starts with an ERA of 301. And then, yes, of course, his ERA was 458. But he went out and posted. He went out and made 33 starts and led the majors again. Uh, were all of them great? No. Were there some pretty ones? Yes. Like, he wasn't a bad pitcher. He had some ups. He had some downs. Do you think that a guy that has his name in trade rumors, that is aware of these trade rumors, that is a professional, that understands the assignment, isn't going to be motivated by this and isn't going to be more like the 64 game sample size that he's given you and not the you know 33 sample size that he had last year? I think, especially with Brian Bannister, who he hasn't worked with yet, and that's kind of the most disappointing thing. I'm, I'm excited for more insight to what changes the White Sox are trying to do to the existing players because obviously... Dylan isn't perfect. Uh, maybe there is some things where he can find more consistency with his slider and Bannister can help him with that. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that storyline develops. But I'm pretty confident that once Dylan Cease goes out and pitches for the White Sox, that stock's only going to rise more. Uh, and that waiting out that Chris Getz has done that I know people are anxious about will only be 
paid out off. I mean, the only way that I think that turns sideways is if, you know, we're dealing with the unfortunate news of uh, impossible reality of an injury, but hey, knock on wood, let's not, you know, uh, let's move away from that. Uh, but anyways, like Dylan does seem like the right guy for this that can kind of t- tune this out and uh, be ready for anything because if he gets traded, he's just pitching for a competitor and he's probably excited for that. Like he, he seems willing and open for uh, any challenge that's thrown out to him. Uh, anything else on Dylan Cease that you want to throw out there or should we move to uh, the mysterious Brian Bannister that made his first appearance at White Sox camp? Yeah, I don't know how mysterious he was, but we did see a lot of them today. So we can shift to that gear if you'd, if you'd like. All right. Uh, well, uh, let's hear from Pedro Grafal first because we'll get a little bit of insight from Pedro and then Vinny can give us his first impressions of uh, Brian Bannister and then we'll uh, you know chat more. Uh, but here's Pedro Grafal uh, on the expectations, the vibe change at camp, uh, Brian Bannister uh, is addition. And then there's uh, one more topic that I can't think of, but uh, Pedro Grafal is going to talk to you now. Pitch shapes, uh, execution, um, you know, who, who each one of them really is and, and what works for them, staying in their strengths. Um, and there's a, there's a heck of a lot more. Um, but uh, it's, he's a real big asset to, to, this, to this pitching department. And him, Ethan, and Matt together, they make a really good team. You know, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. Pedro, with so many new guys, I mean, massive roster, roster turnover, how do you handle that as a manager and try to acclimate everyone and yourself get acclimated with so many new faces? First of all, I'm loving it. You know, um, I'm loving every minute of it. These guys are hungry. Um, everybody's got something to play for. Uh, as an individual, we got something to play for as an organization. Um, there's a hell of a lot of competition. They know it. They're aware of it. Uh, we know it. Uh, we've done our, we did our homework acquiring these guys. We've, we've done our homework on what, what we want this team to look like. Um, not so much personnel-wise, but what we want it to look like on the field. I know, how we want it to play, you know, how we want it to act like. So um, this is an exciting an exciting time for us. We mentioned yesterday, I'm not sure to you, but we were talking people that the, the projections towards your team are not <laughs> very kind. I think Bakota has you 65 and a half wins. Do you pay much attention to that? Um, I don't really until we come, we come out with 0.00 chance of making the playoffs, right? And... Um, you know that motivates the heck out of me. Uh, I know it. I know it's a little bit of the talk in there. It's. it's um, you know, this is a division that. You know, obviously nobody's scheduled to run away with it. Um, why not us, right? Um, you know, we're here. We got to play 162 games. If we were out of it already, then why play? You know, we're not out of it. We got 162 games to play, and uh, and we got close to 40 days to prepare for those 162 games. So. Um, I know they got to do their job, and the, you know, the percentages of the percentages. You know, our job is to prove them wrong. You know, and that's that's what we're working on. It's motivating you. Can you tell it's motivating your guys? Uh, it's motivating everybody. It's got to be motivating everybody in the building. If it's not, then you know, you got to check yourself at that door. I don't know if this is the right place for you, but 0.0 percent after turning over a roster the way we've done, we've turned it over and new front office members and new coaches and new vibe and energy and the work that was that was done in the off season you know it, it's uh it, it's good it's, it's 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 good to hang up on the wall we are likely going to either maybe make a physical thing that we can hang up on the wall for the Pakota projections. Maybe we'll just make a graphic. Uh, but I think that is obviously the money quote that we'll talk about after the first break. Uh, but we heard Dylan C, you know, mention Brian Bannister and that he's really good with pitch shapes. We hear Pedro Grafal lead that off with pitch shapes. I don't know what you were able to 
pull away from, you know, watching Michael Kopech and Brian Bannister talk from 25 feet. But uh, did you see any pitch shapes change there, Vinny? I don't know how much you gleaned uh, from watching. But uh, what, what did you pick up from Brian Bannister on day one? Just very, uh, you know, in-depth intensive work with these pitchers and it started with Michael Kopech and so obviously everyone took notice because that's a guy that a lot of folks have their eye on this spring it's a guy who quite frankly Brian Bannister probably has at the top of his list in terms of guys that he needs to help uh, you know improve you know or fix to use a different word Um, it was every other pitch uh, you know Brian Bannister would step in there show Michael Kopech a grip that maybe he should be changing, should talk to him about the arm angle, exactly where he needed to be releasing it, what effect that was having. It was a lot of conversation in the middle of a bullpen. And listen, this is early in spring training. I'm not trying to paint a picture, <coughs> excuse me, of Kopech needing that instruction, but it really stood out. It's good to see. I mean, that's, I mean, We've been talking about Brian Bannister the whole offseason, and, you know, I thought, you know, we're, you know, they probably called people, but they're far apart from, you know, where they live and their situations, got their own families. But it's good to see him in there immediately and the project that Michael Kopech is, because I, I think he sees, because he was in Boston, that there's a person in there that could be at the top of the rotation pitcher. He just needs some adjustments, and this is why, probably in the money, that Brian Bannister took the job. He sees Kopech as this could be my my grand thing where I turn this guy in from a middling to failing starter to the top of the rotation guy that he should be. So Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm very encouraged by that. And even if it doesn't work, at least you're trying something different instead of saying, well, Kopech's been healthy this whole offseason. He should be better. And then just throw your arms up after that. They're actually proactively doing something to make him better, and that's great to see. Yeah, I mean, and we'll I don't want to. I I don't want to call this out for just Kopech too. Bannister finished up with Kopech and then moved on and did the exact same thing with Tuki Toussaint. And then when Tuki's bullpen was over, he did the exact same thing with Justin Anderson and uh, you know an, an NRI. So I mean, it, we we got an insight into the way that Brian Bannister is working with these pitchers more so than. Here's what he's doing X, Y, Z to fix Michael Kopech specifically. It stood out that, listen, this is a guy who's having an impact. We heard about it all offseason long in terms of the acquisitions that this team made. Now we're seeing it in the day-to-day work here now the camp is underway. Uh, and Melissa asked, do other teams have dudes like Brian Bannister? Are we like eight years behind the eight ball on this? If you Google senior advisor to pitching, the only thing that comes up is Brian Bannister. So at least that unique of a title uh, – there you go. It's but maybe it's, his it's title from Bannister. last year. What was he? Um, no, it wasn't. He wasn't director seen, of pitching. He wasn't senior advisor to pitching. He wasn't. So, so he's I'm a just being very specific. Um, I mean, I I don't think that there are many at least with this specific seniority, like a senior pitching coach. Um, I think this is fairly newish. Um, outside of Brian Bannister himself. I mean, the White Sox, like. Didn't they bring in a catching guy, too? They brought in a guy that they haven't had in their catching staff forever. And so Butera's there now. Now you have Brian Bannister. I 
while this offseason hasn't been thrilling for most White Sox fans, I would judge it as a C. I like difference. I like not going down the same path we've been to and then saying, okay, let's see if we can get these good results out of these people. But uh, bringing in Brian Bannister, bringing in, uh, I want to say Sal Butera, uh, but I, it's probably Drew. Um, it's his son, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, Drew yeah. Butera. Drew. Yeah. Um, this is great. This is a good thing for the White Sox to think different and do different. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the Rays because I'm trying to you know maybe that 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 be the like the team that I think would probably have something like this. Um, director of pitching operations. So that might uh, be it. Yeah. Winston Doom is the director of pitching operations for the Tampa Rays. So uh, it's pretty. That's sick. a cool That's name. A really <laughs> sick name. Uh, let's take a break, and we're going to talk about Chris Getz's comments on projections and the differingness uh, or the different nature, at least from uh, Pedro Griffel. Winston Doom D O O M. Yeah, like Doom the game, the video game, okay. like and Winston like the smokes, like the Ghostbusters. Your first, your first Doom, your first Doom is the, to go to the video game. What's the other Doom? Doctor Doom. But that's a doctor. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, and this guy's is just feared, Doom. He's the most feared villain in the Marvel universe. Dork. Come on. <laughs> you brought up a video game. <laughs> it's just as dorky. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Touche. That was a good <laughs> At game time, they believe that you shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event. Game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are near you. And with killer last-minute deals and all-in pricing, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I bought tickets in Atlanta a couple years ago. Went to a secondary market to see about the game time guarantee. Saw only one that had a better price in the row in the section that I was in. Sent this information to game time, and within 12 minutes, the 110% difference was in my account. You could see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly where your seat at game time. And the all-in prices that I talked about show you the total upfront, so you are not getting all these hidden fees when you do buy those great tickets you can buy tickets in seconds with two taps and game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts it's the place to find last minute seats you can fly in exclusive flash deals sponsored deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more and the game time guarantee, as I just talked about, means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will give you credit 110% of that difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app today, create an account, use the code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you, Herb. I know Melissa, our good friend in the chat, is a diehard. We also had uh, new diehards like John, Nathan, Andrew, Raymond, Joe, and Matt. Also Arnold as well. Hey, Join Arnold. Over the hey, yeah. Uh, do you want to uh, do you want to scream it? No. Do, don't they scream it in the open? Yeah. You so sure you're not going to be brave? Beat it, football head. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see that commercial? Because they won't stop playing it on any time I watch or stream anything. Where they throw the, hey, Arnold, because he's got the football head. Uh, yeah, but anyways. Um, 
where was I? I got lost. Uh, doing a read. Uh, those lovely people who are brand new diehards uh, not only got a box, and we'll get a box soon with a shirt of their choice, uh, a sticker, uh, a membership card, access to the CHGO Discord Lounge. They also get 20% off to our events. If you go to allchgo.com slash events, you can check out the upcoming events like our CHGO Blackhawks takeover as the seasons of at least the Sox and Cubs start. Uh, the Bulls continue on. They just had a takeover for themselves. Uh, we'll have more and more events that you, the diehards, can take advantage of. And if you're not a diehard yet, now is a perfect time to sign up over at allchgo.com. Vinny starting a weekly piece. White Sox Weekly, uh, where you are going to get a little beat uh, write-up for diehards from Vinny Duber. Uh, and make sure that you head over, again, to allchgo.com to take advantage of the 20% off for events. You get your free shirt, you get access to the Discord, and you uh, join the community that we're building here at All CHGO. All right, let's get into Pedro's comments. We're going to make the nice framed printout of the Pakoda projections at 0.0%. I think he said 0.00% uh, to be accurate. He went the extra decimal place. Yeah, to be accurate, I think Fangraphs has it at 0.8%. So it's it's probably like you know 0.4% for the Sox. Pakoda just rounded down because it wasn't 0.5%. Uh, so it's not that dire. It's not 0.0000000% chance. But I found it interesting that you know Pedro puffed up his chest a little bit and was like, oh, if that doesn't motivate you, you know, there's the door, basically. I, it wasn't exactly what he said, but Chris Getz, who about the same projections on Monday said, I've never been a part of a team where anyone within the roster steps into the clubhouse and says, hey, we want X amount of wins uh, this year. It starts with the day in front of you, and when the season begins and opening day hits, you want to win that game, and then you just want to continue to play quality baseball, and the wins start stacking up. I'm well aware of what the projections are. Our goal is to go beyond what projections are, and I think most teams could say something like that or believe in something like that. You know what it takes. It takes a team to come together. we got individuals that are selfless players. Still, you have something to prove to themselves we certainly don't want to play games in which we beat ourselves seems like Pedro is a little bit more let's use the projections to motivate us where Chris Getz is more you as a player already have your own motivations and you don't need to listen to some website uh, that has you at you know point or 0.0 percent compared to 0.8 percent right uh, just go and let your work show for you so I feel like that is a little bit of a different message uh, even though Pedro Grafol seems to be like we're on the same vibe and the vibes cleaned up baby Listen to this, Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Which favorite song? Um, but I, I think know. I think though it's a good thing to have a us against the world type of mentality. That's what it seems like Pedro will have. He'll have a cardboard cutout of Rachel Phelps in the back. Just start taking off uh, little pieces so we can see the naked body of Rachel Phelps. Rest in peace to the actress. Um, you know that's the type of vibe I'm getting from him. It's like, oh, Bacoda, zero point zero. All right, bet money. Yeah, but or have like, a picture of Bacoda, which there is no such thing. That's what like uh, you know Michigan football did, but Michigan football was like you know good. Yes. Right. Like I mean, it's us against everybody, and uh, we're gonna win seventy games. And you know, burr, 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 you know <laughs> that we the elephant in the room is that the AL Central sucks, and we're just a big part of that giant ball of suck. Amen. You don't know what motivates these people. That you know something that somebody's already everybody's saying that they're bad. Even their fans are saying that they're bad, that they're not going to do anything. And maybe there's just a little effort in them. And maybe that doesn't do anything, but give them like three more wins. But three more wins is better than the 60 they had last year. And I don't see them being as bad as they were last year, but this team has to do whatever they can 
to get any type of wins out of this team. And if that's what Pedro's message is, like, we're going to work hard, we're going to field the ball, we're going to be a great defensive team, and these motherfuckers don't th- believe in us, we got motivation, guys. Let's do it. And then rah-rah, and then yay, and the players are like, Ugh, get out of here, Pedro. We're grown men. <laughs> well, I think what Dylan said today almost probably frames it a little bit better, which is just he came out and said, we don't think we're going – we don't come in here expecting to lose. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, the records are 0-0, and, you know, we can sit here and tell you, boy, this roster sure doesn't look capable of winning a lot of games, but they're still going to go play. Like, the, what do you want him to say, Sean? Yeah, we're no good. We think we're going to lose 100 games. Like, you'd be grilling them for saying that, too, I'm sure. Like, it, it's just, you know, this is spring training. This is when people all say, hey, the records are back to nothing, and we can, we have a chance if we everything goes right. Like, yeah, I guess they do. But, you know, we can, we can be realistic, uh, and I'm sure they can be realistic up in the front office. It's Pedro's job to win games. And so if he's trying to find them a way to, you know, say, all right, let's think about this a little differently. You know, he's in there to manage, manage a clubhouse, to manage these guys. Um, I don't think it's crazy for him to sit there and say, we can be motivated when people, when, when this computer projection says we have no chance, because what's the harm, you know, what's the harm in, in, in being motivated by that? If they go out and lose anyway, then they lose anyway, but you'd rather have them try to win than not. Right. No, I know. I'm guess I'm just saying the GM is saying like let's not worry about the projections, and the man like the G the general manager is saying let's not worry about the projections, and the manager is saying hey we're we're aware of the projections. Like I'm just I'm just trying to wonder like what what are the White Sox are the White Sox worried about it or not worried about it? I'm not trying to grill him, and I'm sorry if my tone yeah. is a little too harsh. But I also think that it was obvious that the Guardians had and motivation in 2022 for the White Sox. In their celebration, you saw all they they were talking about was White Sox stuff. Fuck Tony La Russa. Fuck the White Sox. All the things that happened that year. Yes, that team was much better than the White Sox are currently built, but who knows? You know, you don't know what these guys are motivated from or about, and they brought in a bunch of people who are clubhouse dudes, and maybe that's what they get motivated by, like the the no one believes in us type of stuff. And now they, uh, there are a bunch of kind of like miscreants and throwaways from other organizations. Maybe they're brought together as this White Sox team and they come together as a unit because of no one believes in us. And it is truly us against the world. It's a lot of rah-rah stuff. And yes, I have to go far to believe that. But I also don't blame Pedro for using that and the White Sox for using that as a, some type of motivation. Because it's a long season. You need something to look forward to. And this was probably some of that uh, going, uh, working itself into that clubhouse. Hey, I don't care what the motivation is. I'm just saying, I'm just wondering again, like, is, are we listening to the gets on that? We're not listening to that as motivation, or are we listening to Griffel, uh, who is more probably in tune with this clubhouse and, you know, talking to them on day to day basis? What I would say is uh, from someone who's done this a while and constantly has to hear from people telling me and us, the, the assembled media, that they don't read anything and they don't see anything and they don't pay attention to anything. That's not how people work. And so when you hear like from Dylan Cease today, yeah, I followed every single rumor that I heard and I knew I knew exactly what was going on. When you hear from Pedro Grafol saying, yeah, I saw that what what whatever computer churned out that we were going to do this year. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, 
because that's how the world works in 2024. You see everything all the time unless you throw your phone into the river. You know, like it, it is it is a refreshing way for people to talk. I'm not saying that they have to be obsessed with it. No, no one should be. But it to to hear them say, yeah, I saw it rather than just like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I think we're going to, uh, you know, I, I, I doesn't everybody think we're great and that we're so improved and that everything's going to be fantastic. I think that that is refreshing in that sense at least when and and we heard it twice today from both dylan and pedro in in regards to different topics so and then at least is gets because of his greenness with this position with his you know newness to this job is he just going to be a little bit cleaner with his answer about not worrying about online projections because he's just trying to put a good team out there like is like is it fine that there's a different vibe from the guy in the the front office compared to the guys that are actually playing out there like i yeah because i don't think they're diametrically opposed like gets has to do his job and not part of his job is not worrying about projections because there's nothing literally he can do about it pedro can use those projections as a motivational tool so there's two different uh styles but i don't think they're opposed to each other so yeah it's a i think the message is clear i think the but they both have different jobs to get their teams ready and gets can't worry about some computers saying that they're gonna have nothing uh no chance to win the playoffs while pedro has to use that as some type of motivation tool the bulls are at 6 p.m so we got to get out of here Vinny, any final thoughts from spring training we're obviously going to be back here at 5 p.m. on Thursday. So tune in with more from Vinny's updates from uh, Arizona, but anything from uh, else from uh, day two. No, I think we covered most of it at all. You know, it's good to be back out here and seeing dudes throwing bullpens. <laughs> Keep that sun black on. I know it's only like 60, 65, but that sun's still hot. That sun's still very, very strong. Uh, we also <laughs> will be likely talking tomorrow. I know obviously people might have saw on Twitter uh, that Jeff Passan tweeted out reliever Liam Hendricks, old friend, has multiple offers and has set a deadline of Thursday to sign with the team. Sources tell ESPN if Hendricks does not sign now, he would keep rehabbing for Tommy John surgery on his own and throw for teams in late July before signing for the stretch run. So we will keep you updated on Liam. Maybe we will even have a new team for Liam tomorrow to bring to you. So we are going to wrap this up. That is Herb Lawrence. That's Vinny Duber. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. I'm Sean Anderson. Thank you everyone in the chat for hanging out with us. And the Bulls are going to be on at 6 p.m. So stay tuned uh, to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Goodbye.